The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 21st, 2023, season 19, episode number 75. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studio here at The Star. we got our normal crew here with us and one special guest that will be joining us today. At some point, I'm sure he's going to have uh, some uh, some thoughts for us. He just shook his head. No, his head some no. thought for us, thoughts for us on the Dallas Cowboys. Mr. Diego has his debut today joining The Break here with us, Amber's son. What is he? What? Two, two now? Two. Man, time yeah. is just flying. It is. Just remember him at that Say training hi. camp. Say hi. Just hi. crawling around. Peter, how are you guys? How are you guys? We're great. Yeah, go Cowboys. Cowboys. Oh, yes. <laughs> and he's also a big Longhorn fan, for those that don't know. Big Longhorn <laughs> fan. Throws up, he throws up his horns every chance <laughs> he gets. trying to ruin his reputation. All right, so let's jump in. We've got a, a few things we want to hit today. We're going to definitely get to the Washington offense versus the Dallas defense. Before we go there, though, uh, Patrick, talk to me about the injury situation. we got Rico Dowdle on the, on the list, J. Ron Kirst, C.D. Lamb. Terrence Steele, what are we looking at for this week? Okay, so the Cowboys are honestly and obviously going through a light work week because of the short week, two games in four uh, days. So Rico Dowdle, ankle, did not participate on, what's today? I'm losing already, on Monday. Uh, Peyton Hendershot, ankle, he was full as he was last week. We'll see if he gets activated from IR this week, TBD. Jaron Curse back, did not participate. Uh, CeeDee Lamb popped up with an ankle injury, suffered against the Panthers game. In the Panthers game, he was limping a little bit toward the end of the game. But he was a limited participant. Osa, hamstring, full. Uh, Terrence, steel, ankle, limited. And Cavante Turpin, he's back to full speed with that shoulder. Um, in listening to Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy talk about CeeDee Lamb and his potential availability, uh, this morning on 105.3 The Fan, uh, Jerry said that as we speak, it's a thumbs up for CeeDee Lamb. But mirroring what Mike McCarthy said yesterday, they're going to see what it looks like on today, Tuesday, and then Wednesday. It's key to note for Cowboys fans, though, that uh, the the practice plan is not going to be a typical one. It'll be the same number of reps, as Mike McCarthy said, but yesterday was hat and cleats uh, and a pure walkthrough. Today, they'll jog through the reps, and then tomorrow they'll play. It'll more be like a Saturday walkthrough type situation. There will not be a full-on, full-go practice for any of these players because they have two games in four days. So when you're looking at the injury report from yesterday, just kind of keep that in mind. Those guys were quite literally walking through reps. Um, my sense is that CeeDee Lamb will be on the field. I do get that that indication in speaking with a lot of players, uh, not just their players, but people in the building. Um, and we'll see if that sticks. But I, I think that – I don't think he misses this game. Spot on. Yeah. Is there is there anything that – is there any one of these that concerns you? Because when I saw J-Ron pop up as a did not participate and a back, that kind of made me say, whoa, you know, just because, you know, a short week – back, you know, us older guys know you get a back problem. Sometimes back problems can be a problem and they can stick around. So is there any one of these that that you think is anything more than just it's a short week, it was a walkthrough, they all should be progressing in the right way? The one that worried me initially was the lamb one. Yeah. 
And then because I feel like I saw him, I think we probably all sat down and watched the All-22. And there was that shallow cross where mm-hmm. I felt like that's where he got hurt. And then uh, uh, so happens that you know Turpin falls on him, too, while he's on the ground. So, you know, maybe you're like, oh, geez, double whammy there. Uh, now, though, need to check on the curse back. I, you know, I feel like he'll be okay, but you're absolutely right. You just never know with that. Is that something that's going to tighten up? Is it something that is it a spasm situation? Is it something that just ain't right? And so, uh, you know, they'll they'll nurse it the best they can. Uh, you know, there's a couple of players right there you really don't want to learn, lose. I, I thought the curse played pretty well the other day. You know, getting back, we've kind of the safety spot has been a little bit of a one we've put under the microscope a little bit. I know I have, uh, but uh, you really don't want to lose him in this game. Well, you're liking, sorry, I was going to say you're liking so much already uh, on defense. And now is the time that the offense and a bunch of different receivers are starting to show up, are starting to be uh, a part of the offense. So at least you have some sense of like, okay, I think they can be okay with the other players that they got, that they got. Should they give CD a rest week? I get it. He, I, I think he should be fine. But if that's, you know, worst case scenario, um, I feel okay with them having enough playmakers on the offense right now where they're actually showing up mm-hmm. versus the defense. There are already so many areas that you, you know, you're still a little weak, quote unquote. They're still hanging on there, but we know how different everything looks without Layton, mm-hmm. without Trevon Diggs on the defense. So they're already kind of on a thing string there and that's a curse he's he's a key element to the defense so having him and something that could potentially have him out longer than just one game it is something to definitely be concerned about if if there were if there was one player i i have a concern about on this list it would be jaron uh, i think if uh with the cd lamb situation if they were of high concern then he wouldn't have even participated in the walkthrough at all it wouldn't be limited he'd been right. dnp yesterday they would have said get off that ankle um but with jaron curse like you said it's a it's a back issue um and we don't know the extent of it but it's a short week period and if you're having a back issue you know two games in four days that can be a rough one so uh if you're asking me uh, jayron's availability before we see today and tomorrow's practice report i put it at 50 50 um and if he isn't able to go kind of go into what uh, amber was talking about when it comes to death maybe you get to see more reps of one that's thomas. what i was thinking yeah, yeah you get more reps of one thomas and maybe you sprinkle in some izzy there as well to try to help you with some tight end coverage so um that's Ron, gonna be important this yeah. week too with logan thomas 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say I do have some concern about Jaron. Not as much with CD, but Jaron with that back injury, yeah. Um, I, I could see him being a 50-50, maybe even a game-time decision. Brian, you mentioned uh, Jaron Curse. You, you'd watched him, thought he had a, a little better week this yeah, week. You know, actually, I was thinking the same thing about um, – about, um, um, I'm drawing a blank now. Um, um, the other safety six. Um, oh, Donald Wilson. Donald Wilson. Donald, yeah, Donald, Donald. <laughs> yeah, Donald Wilson. I actually, as I was watching the game, I was like, he, you know, there were a couple plays that weren't quite the, mm-hmm. that one big run. Yeah, he kind of missed the the tackle. The angle but there was were a few, poor, yeah, yeah, but there were a few others where I felt like he, he kind of did a made a couple yeah. plays that were. Yeah. 
bigger plays. There were plays, tackles for loss, tackle of no gain, that kind of thing. And uh, and it made me think back to our conversation about the safeties and saying, you know, he is. I think it, that was a that was a good sign for me for him yeah. because I hadn't really seen him have those kind of games this season where he made some of those plays. What did you guys think about across the board looking at the safeties, the three safeties, how they played in this last game? Yeah, I, I think to me, uh, when you there, there's been some times where they've struggled, and I, I maybe it's a little bit of health, you know. I, I, to me, I, I just my expectations were when I when we were talking about this team in June was I looked at safety as a real strength of this team. You know, when you start talking about well, what are the best positions, you know, rank power rank the positions. You know, radio you do in June, and you know, safety, safety was all you know, safety was always up there. And I kind of felt like, though, that uh, that you know, early on, you know, with when Wilson got hurt in camp, maybe that should have been something that I said, "Uh oh, here we go. Something is not going to be right with this group this uh, this year." But they, but the last game, as you mentioned, much better job with the covering of aspect, much better playing in the box, much better with some of the physical finishes. The group is clearly capable of making plays, and they need them to make some plays. And 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 we saw that last week against the Panthers. I I was uh, I was I felt a little bit better about the overall group than I had in some of the previous games. Yeah, true, uh, and, and I feel like it, that. Trio that hybrid, not hybrid, but that Hydra, three-headed Hydra, which is Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, <clears throat> excuse me, and J. Ron Curse. They're really starting to kind of find their legs over these past several games, and and I, I do attribute some of the hiccups early on to Donovan Wilson having missed the entirety of training camp with that calf strain. When it happened, we didn't expect that he would miss the entirety, but he did, um, and then it took a while, I believe, for just those three as a unit to kind of refine themselves, and I, I think they've done that, which is why if J. Ron Curse can't go, I, I don't. I don't think it will be a massive blow thanks to guys like Wanye Thomas and, and Izzy Mukwamu, but it still would be a, a drop off in talent there. So, um, but they played well. Uh, even when you look at, you know, what um, J. Ron was able to do against the Panthers, if you, for those that will point out that, you know, deep left route that was a conversion for Bryce Young. You could argue OPI there. I mean, there was a lot of hand play there. A lot of pushing. Yeah, a lot of pushing going on to, to create space for the receiver. So um, even inclusive of that, I mean, J-Ron was right on his hip the whole time. So J-Ron's really ramped up. Donovan is finding his, his legs in 2023. And Malik Hooker, uh, he, he's playing some real good football just in 2023 period. He's consistent. I mean, there are a couple of times where you wish this and you wish that. But for the most part, Malik Hooker is playing some damn good football. The problem with me is like, with those guys that are at the bottom, yes, we've seen moments where there's clear talent there for sure, and we all like them, but we haven't seen enough just yet, just because they haven't got the chance to, and that's just how it goes. You know, you're not, you don't play until you're actually needed, uh, and that's what's happening here. So the only concerning part would be maybe those la- the lack of experience, the lack of the amount of reps being on the field, we all know they, they're they capable of, but what does that look like throughout a full game? That's my question. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, real quick, before we get to the uh, first break, I want to take time for Lab Coat. We, the last couple of weeks we've missed that because we, we keep pushing into the what, what later segment. Me, what no, no, me? we get to a later <laughs> segment, and then what happens, Amber just keeps Diego, talking. Diego you know, wants and, it too. And give, give him Lab Coat, Diego. <laughs> that smile. I love that smile. All right. What you got for us? All right. So the uh, the magic number t- this week is going to be uh, minus 48. Minus 48. And that is the expected um, points average 
when the nearest receiver is targeted to the guy in coverage. So this is for Deron Bland. Deron Bland this week has set, and with his pick six and his coverage against the Carolina Panthers, has now set uh, a next-gen stats record through the first 10 games of any season in, in NGS's existence with the lowest target EPA of any NFL player. Who did he surpass to get that? Stephon Gilmore, who had a minus 45 in 2019. What did Stephon Gilmore get that year? Defensive player of the year. And if you want to know just how crazy minus 48 is, uh, Sauce is 4.3. Positive 4.3 above the Mendoza line. That is a massive next? Do you know who the next closest player is to to, uh, Duran? You mean in target EPA? Yeah. yeah. Let, let's get that. Let's get that. Here we are. I want to know the delta, like between him and the second best. Let's go. From minus 48, <laughs> waiting on the Wi Fi. That's above <laughs> my pay grade, though. That's above my pay grade. Hold on a second. It's been that way for like 14 years. It is minimum 25 targets. Yeah. It is Paulson Adebo of the New Orleans Saints, minus 28. Look at that okay. gap. Yeah, that's a big that, gap. That's, that's a massive gap. So if you want, and what's the gap between him and the next person? Um, it gets closer. So yeah. minus 28 is Adebo. Denzel Woolen. Ward is minus 26. Ladarius Sneed before mm-hmm. last night was minus 24. And then it starts. Now you get below uh, the 20, minus 19. Who are you looking for, brothers? Woolen from uh, Seattle. Yes, well, Tariq Woolen is minus 11.6. So... The drop off between he was the guy I would have guessed for yeah. number behind him. Is yeah, the drop off between what um, Deron Bland is doing not only in target EPA, he owns so many of these categories and coverage. It's not even it's mind blowing. He is at this point of the season, and there are nuances you can argue, skill sets, trajectories, whatever. But as we have this conversation, Deron Bland is the best cornerback in the NFL. Yeah, he's, def- he's definitely playing at that level in this season for sure. Yeah. Yes, science. All pro votes need to be filtered toward him asexually. I, honestly, I think I don't even think it's a question at this point when you're talking all pro. <laughs> I think the question becomes like, can he really be in the in the race for defensive player of the year? Because I think all pro, it's a hands down. He should be an all pro. There's no question about that. But you, there's a whole different level of getting up there to where you're actually in the consideration for defensive player of the year. Just because, as we see so often, happens on the offensive side with quarterbacks. Same thing tends to happen with pass rushes on defense yeah. it's very difficult for a cornerback to win it but as you mentioned Gilmore did get that that nod a few years ago so and, and, and it's great that you say that because perfect promotion for this week's science lab that went live on DallasCowboys.com check it out uh, when you look at the front runners for defensive player of the year all of them are defensive ends yeah. or lineback- outside yeah. linebackers. They're pass rushers. Miles Garrett, Michael Parsons, T.J. Watt, Max Crosby, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones. Those are your ones who have the best odds. And then you have to come all the way down to what becomes an eight-way tie between Deron Bland, a couple of safeties, and some other pass rushers. Deron Bland is the only cornerback that even has a chance of winning this, but he's plus 10,000. Like, that's, that's nuts to me. But like you said, Gilmore did it before, but that also goes to the point of why um, Bland should be in this conversation because if you look at the numbers when Gilmore did it, 49 tackles through 16 games, 20 passes defensed, 6 INTs, 2 defensive touchdowns. Through 10 games, Deron Bland, 38 tackles, 12 passes defensed, 6 interceptions, 4 defensive touchdowns. There are no arguments to be made against Deron Bland being not only in the conversation for DPOY, but a front runner amongst those pass rushers. I think in the Athletic they just had a survey, and he's the third 
it was the third vote getter for the most underrated player in the league. Mm -hmm. So people are starting to take notice Finally, of yes. his ability Absolutely. to play. It's amazing. Any player for the Cowboys can be underrated, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to get the attention in, when you play for the Cowboys. But, I yeah, know, it, it, it know, really is true. Thinking. I can see it in your eyes next year when Diggs is opposite Bland. And yeah. No, I was just thinking of uh, the next pick six that he gets, he breaks the NFL, NFL record. History, right? yeah. And it's just – it's so cute. Just again, I always say the same thing with him. But listening to him after the game and and him talking about it and just saying, you know, he just wants to be remembered, and that's what anyone would want. You know, making history, NFL history, and getting on those books. It's like the only thing that why I would want to break the record is just to be on the record books and and be remembered. And, and also keep in mind, he's not coming from like a power five school. I mean, he Sacramento State. Be careful, State to man. Fres the Fresno people are coming after <laughs> no, me. No, but, but here's, here's what I'm going to say, and this is why they're going to love me. Yeah. From Sacramento State to Fresno State, and he's proving that schools like Fresno State can produce NFL Absolutely talent can. that can be elite and can dominate at yeah. their position. This is a fifth round guy. This isn't a first rounder like Sauce. Mm -hmm. Not a second or third that maybe fell through some cracks fifth rounder who comes in and he's doing what he's doing uh, 11 interceptions it would be 13 if not for that two drops against the Chargers um, through 16 NFL starts it's it's superbly ridiculous what Deron Bland is doing well I'll say credit to our, our draft show guys because I heard about him before the draft because of those guys and and when the Cowboys got him I remember you guys saying this is the steal of the draft. We do a lot of shows, that's why we had to talk about it. <laughs> you do. You do. Might we maybe do more? I don't know, but but the fact is like that was that oh, was like a huge, saying over That there. was a huge credit though. Like that was yeah. huge. Like that and, and he is from the day he showed up, he has been that level of player. Uh, for this team. All right, we're going to take our first break. I'll say my back. goodbyes. Diego has some snacks, and he's getting some energy, so we'll probably... We love his we'll, energy, we'll, though. No, but Brian is about to start breaking down okay. the commanders. Don't we don't want Diego in the background They don't run noise. the ball an awful lot, but when they do, they can run it pretty well. There you go. Diego, you got your Diego, breakdown, bro. You. Segment is All right, we'll see y'all later. We'll be back. Uh, this is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper... 
is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find Find a location near you. Back to the break. Yes, yes. One of my favorite reads here. Experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season, Cowboys Christmas. Extravaganza. <laughs> Powered by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night through December 16th, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers, including the world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Santa Claus, and appearance from your favorite Dallas Cowboy football heroes. Visit thestardistrict.com for more info. Extravaganza. I knew it. Beam, you I want to read some of these other shows, too, while we're at it? <laughs> yeah. Mix shots. Should we do some of that today? We, uh, anything else for me to do? <laughs> welcome, welcome back to the Pretty second good. segment of the break. Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by blockchain.com. All right, let's talk about the Washington defense. Uh, despite going 1-3 one, one over the last four games, when you look at the offensive numbers for this team, uh, Washington's put up 400-plus yards of offense in three of those four games. You know what I did? What's that? I did the, I did the Washington offense. First. That's what we're talking about, offense, right? Did I say Washington defense? I don't know. I thought you did for some reason. No, Maybe no, I'm talking about Washington offense, so I may have misspoke. Okay, man, I was, look, I was like, look, oh, no, did I mess this up? No, here we go. It's look, only 11 look, weeks I've look, been doing look, this. Look, with my head, like, I could have messed it thinking, up. I, I definitely could have messed it up. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So, Washington, so no, we're talking Washington, Washington offense. Boom, Boom, we got it. Bet. Let's go. Okay, so Washington's put up 400-plus yards in three of their last four games, even though it hasn't shown up in the win-loss record. Yeah. What's been working for them offensively that's allowed them to be so productive? It's throwing the football. They, they lead the league in, in passing yards, but the problem is that they, 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 they throw the ball, in my opinion, way too much. Mm. Way too much. They, you know, their, their quarterback, Eric Bieniemy. I think, I think Eric Bieniemy is a really good offensive coordinator, but I don't get what he's doing. I think the strength of this team, I think there's two spots this team is really good. I think they're good at the skill, at the wide receiver, and I think they're good at running back. And they don't run the ball at all. And when you watch them, when you watch them, you're like, man, they're putting this quarterback in harm's way. He gets sacked a lot. Uh, he gets hit a lot. And they lead the league. They just keep dropping back and throwing the football. And you wonder why. Uh, you know, He's got 12 interceptions, 18 touchdowns. It's his first year start, and we're talking about Sam Howe. And I absolutely love Sam Howe when he was at North Carolina. I felt like he took a – uh, an unnecessary uh, an heat for how he played. His team fell apart around him. He was a can't-miss type guy before the season, his senior year, and the season fell apart, and he got blamed for a lot of things. But you could you could clearly see some talent here, but I just don't understand why that Eric Bieniemy just does, he just refuses to run the football here with these these backs that they have. Because to me, I, I, I look at them. I'd love to have Brian Robinson. I, Antonio Gibson right now is dealing with a toe injury that, that put him out for the Giants game. 
But we all know Antonio Gibson when he was like mm-hmm. the starter. He was a guy who was a productive runner. You could throw the ball to me. Wasn't ball. that a Thanksgiving day when he oh, was here when he had a, like a, a really, really great day? Yeah. He's, he's yeah. always he, he's one of those guys that kind of – now, he's had some games where he's fumbled the ball at, at terrible times. And it's and they've benched him and things like that, but but he and Brian Robinson, really nice combination mm-hmm. of the two, and I, I I just don't know why, but they continue to put so much pressure on their quarterback to have to make throws, and they've got skilled guys on the outside, but there is really no balance to how the Commanders play. If and just me right now talking with us here. With a short week, I maybe this is the one weekend where where Eric B and me says we need to run the ball or try to run the ball. I, they have to be terrified because the left side of their offensive line mm-hmm. really struggles. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it play, and it and it's it's the one on one stuff, but it's the the twist stunts, the movement stunts that things. Charles Leno and Chris Paul over there. It it's like they can't sort things out. And what's the strength of the Cowboys? The movement of the front, the twist stunts, the games they play. If they drop back and pass as much as they've been doing that, they're they're going to give up seven, eight sacks in this game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's that it's that evident. But but they they've had games where they've moved the ball, and it's primarily because they throw it, and they they have they have big playability. We all know Terry McLaurin and what he could do. Uh, you know, when you talk about talking about those Ohio State receivers that came out, all those ones that are in the league now, he's the one that probably gets the most. He's probably the most overlooked of all right. those guys. Which the is way, crazy. The way he plays, I, he is a he's a weapon. He's a downfield and with player. a carousel at quarterback. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's going to get a ton of targets. He's going to get targeted in the red zone. Uh, you know, they they've just. I mean, he's a hard cover now. I will say this: Diggs is Diggs in times has just taken him completely out Absolutely. of the game before. Now you don't have that option. Maybe it's Bland mm-hmm. will take him completely out of this game, but you're going to need to know about him. You're going to need to 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 figure out a way to Jahan Dotson's another guy that they're going to have to deal with, and then the tight end Logan Thomas. That's why I think it's kind of important when you're starting to talk about who's going to be safeties, how the safety is going to line up. Uh, you know, Logan Thomas is like a 6'6", 255-pound guy that is – that's their primary red zone target. So you're going to see the ball go in his direction if they get down there. But, man, I would not be surprised if they try and run the ball. Just because of the short week and they maybe they saw, hey, if we get into a throwing game against Dallas, we're going to get killed. And maybe they'll figure out a way to, to try and run the ball a little One bit. of the interesting things is you look at their numbers from last week. They actually had a very, very productive running attack. Yeah. Uh, hit hit the Giants for 174 yards yeah. and had one of their worst point productions right. of the season. Right. So it, I wonder if that says to them, no, we, our best chance to win. I mean, it was against the Giants team that right. most people thought had given up. But they can't protect. I mean, you watch right. the Giants, and it's like Thibodeau looked like uh, you know looked like uh, Micah Parsons out there rushing the passer, and yeah. they they can't. Their left side of that line couldn't sort anything out, 
and you watch it all year, and you're and you're going, they still aren't blocking anybody. Yeah. You know? How do you find the running? How do you define their running scheme? Because when I went back and watched the Carolina outside Panthers zone. last week, they did a lot of that pulls yeah. and and stuff like that. Outside what, zone. Is that yeah. what what Washington does? Yeah. That, okay. I think I think that's where I think that where you're going to see everything is kind of they're they're one of these teams that likes to try and run the ball to the edge, mm-hmm. and then see if they can make the cut from from the middle. And that's the Robinson is not like I say Gibson. I think playing is a little bit more to and through around the corner mm-hmm. where Robinson is a little bit more take it plant and just go and just try and run with some power he can be a tough guy to deal with right there and they have a they have another if, if Gibson doesn't play they have uh Chris Rodriguez is the other guy he's a rookie from Kentucky and he's nothing but a just a straight ahead hand it hand it to him type guy and try and run through the pile battering a ram type of player I wrote here in my notes but but I just kind of feel like though that that man, if, if, I just don't know how you watch Dallas's tape and say throwing the ball against him is a good thing. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, and not 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 especially if you can't block if the if the two guys your two your left side guys can't handle Dallas's strength, which is how they play with movement. They make you have to deal with all those twists and loops, and, and if you can't deal with that, they're they're, they're just gonna they're gonna they're going to cause problems, and they're going to get sacked. And to support Brian's uh, report, Sam Howell pressured almost 39% of his dropbacks, sacked 51 times. Yeah, second already. in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, only, the only team that has more sacks, has given up more sacks than them, is the Giants. The Giants. Who has to face Dallas twice, and they got 63. They got but they have 63, and then you've got Washington with 51. The next closest team is 11 under. Yeah, right. So, so it's like they're averaging one less sack a game, over one less sack a game. Um, it, than, than what the, the commanders but they, are. But they throw the ball, like they lead the league in attempts. You know, they lead the league in yards, but they lead the league in attempts. Yeah. And I, I just don't, but because when you watch them run the ball, it, it's, you know, it's one of those things, they're, they're like fourth in the league when it comes to yards per carry. But they just don't, they don't, they have the fewest rushing attempts of any team in the league. And it's not that, it's also not that Howe does well under pressure because typically no. he does not. Uh, all three of his interceptions against the Giants were under pressure. He was yeah. two of eight under pressure. Uh, well, let's not even talk about his uh, CPOE and the Vex metric. It just it was like negative minus yeah. one zero seven. It was just crazy. So not only can they not protect, but it's counterproductive for, like Brian said, for them to keep trying to throw the ball, knowing yeah. they can't protect, also knowing they have a quarterback who doesn't perform well under pressure. So maybe this is the game they flip the switch just, and say, let's try to run the ball. But outside zone, that that yeah. could work in the Cowboys' favor when you talk about athletic linebackers like Marquise Bell. Uh, Donovan Wilson, we talked about him coming on strong against the Panthers. The Panthers' running game did well because Chuba Hubbard was going downhill. Right. Right. So if you're saying, well, they're coming off of a game the Cowboys are wherein they allowed a good rushing attack – or good rushing numbers. Well, look at the majority of it was Chuba Hubbard up the dirty gaps, not guys outside. I don't know if I agree with that completely because there are a number of big runs they got on the outside where they pulled the guard and tackle and, and, and or guard and center and got around that edge, and then it was because my my issue with the Cowboys defense specifically in the running game against that in that game was I thought there were too many times when guys just didn't fill their gap. A guy yeah. got blocked, couldn't get mm-hmm. off it to fill his gap. Yeah, absolutely, safety or linebacker didn't run up and fill their gap. Like so, when you talk about a you know a zone read type running, like I wonder about that where it is about gap integrity. Like in those kind of situations, if you leave a gap exposed, the running back's whole job is just to be looking. 
Find the and gap, get through. through it, right? And so that's where it does concern me a little bit. Fair. And it's not a situation where you, you speak generally about it and say, okay, well, let's say the, the commanders focus on an outside zone. That doesn't mean they're only going to run an outside zone. When I talk about Chuba Hubbard and some yeah. of his big plays, some of those were on the outside. The majority were up the dirty, uh, up the dirty yeah. gaps, A, Bs, and things like that. So could there be success on the outside? Yes. But then I harken back to the what I've seen on film. I would be more concerned, this is what I'm getting to, I would be more concerned if – like an Austin Eckler was able to get off against the Cowboys mm-hmm. because he was primarily attacking the outside. If Saquon, who was primarily attacking the outside, could get off. If some of those speedy athletic guys in space could get off. Miles Sanders, he he started to do a number on him. Yeah. So if we're talking a little bit concerned on the edge when it comes to speed, I would give that to Miles Sanders. But I, I don't see, to Brian's point, that the commanders and Eric Bieniemy are committed yeah. to trying that. And of course, That's that could key, change right? any yeah. given week. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think Dallas's run game problems are more self inflicted than they are maybe the opponent. Mm-hmm. I, I, Carolina, it was yeah the big the big heavy runs that they had the big uh, the runs that got the chunk plays bad fits guys get turned mm-hmm. guess the wrong way mm-hmm. trying to fill the Tell hole. About that Michael play with the guess couple of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah couple of them yeah but you know I mean that's but that's that you know that's those are things that if I'm it, I just don't know how the commanders could look at that and say we can block this front passing the ball. I don't know how. Mm-hmm. You know, if you you know if you want to go ahead and see if your backup quarterback wants to play next week, next Thursday. <laughs> you know, I'd go ahead. But sometimes these coaches get really stubborn. Yeah. You know, to me the best the best way to try to beat Dallas would be try to run the ball. Yeah. Try, but Dallas is Dallas is. I I tweeted this morning. Dallas is scoring in balance makes teams not get to run the ball. You know, they, they it, it's you're you're behind, you're behind 14 points. Scoring imbalance, you know, okay, you're going to sit there and run the ball and run the clock out. Okay, fine. You just lost the game by 10 or whatever. I you know, I don't know, but that's I, I just kind of feel like that, that that this game if the Commanders have any chance and they've got playmakers. They they do. They've got the capability, but they've also got a quarterback that doesn't protect the ball very well, too. And, and you make a great point. It's it's point differential. And guess where the Cowboys are playing uh, on Thursday? Yeah, at AT&T home. Stadium, at where they have been blowing teams out yeah. on a regular basis. So Dak Prescott in their offense, which we'll we'll get to in Brian Scott report tomorrow. But if they get off to a hot lead, then it doesn't matter if Eric Bieniemy wants to run the ball more yeah. or not. Yeah, it's going key, to be yeah. on Sam Howell to drop back, and then the Cowboys get to tee off. There's your pressure. He doesn't. Uh, react well to pressure, and then maybe we're talking about what a was, fifth pick six for Deron Bland. What was the one game? Didn't Denver come in here? Was it on a Thanksgiving and, and run the ball extensively? And I'm sorry, I'm throwing guys just under the bus. No, I know this. exactly what game you're the, talking but about. But there was a game where the Denver had the two backs, and they just kept running the ball. <laughs> is that Ruben Trones? Like, it it might that? have been. I, mean, I don't know. I'm, was, I'm, I get I get my memories confused on which game is it, which. But I thought it was. I thought it might have been a Thanksgiving Day game. Yeah, it feels that, like it was. That that Denver came in here and they just extensively said, "You're we're just going to keep running." Oh, it was uh, the quarterback uh, with the. Gloves, uh, the two gloves. Who's um, uh, all over the place? I hate when I can't remember names. I know. I do the same thing. I yeah. do the same thing. I, I hate. I hate when I, I I can't remember who was uh, playing that day. But it was what a. Uh, it was a. But anyway, they they came in and they just kept running it yeah. and running it and running it. Dallas really never had. They had two backs that did really really well in that game. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. I'll think of it here in a second. Tell you what, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. we got a little more talk on this Washington offense versus the Dallas defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. 
Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboy VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Get a frame-worthy family holiday photo with Santa at the Star, presented by Monument Realty. Santa Claus will be at the Cowboys, his Cowboys-themed cottage in the Star District now through December 24th. Book your visit before December 9th and save $5 with code STARS5. Uh, Star 5, excuse me. Visit thestardistrict.com slash Santa for more info. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Teddy Bridgewater. Right? Teddy, the Bridgewater. Star. Teddy Bridgewater. I'm sure there the are name. people yeah. out there like, Broadus, it's Bridgewater. <laughs> Teddy yeah. Bridgewater. I was thinking of the guy with two gloves. Bridgewater yeah. always wears the gloves. And, yeah. gloves? You know, that happens to me all the time. Like, I can visualize I, it. I see the person. I clearly five. see the person. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I can remember the number. I, and I'm like, what is that name? Oh, Why yeah. is that name just It happens me? way too much. Yeah. The older you get, the no it doubt. happens way, way no too doubt. much. No doubt. I'm trying to start But they had a couple of games helped, where they – it was over 200 yards rushing for the, yeah. the pair. So it was uh, Javante Williams, 111 on the ground, yeah. 17 attempts. Wow, six and a half average. Melvin Gordon put up. 80 so yeah almost 200 yards and you know let that be a cautionary tale when it comes to the Cowboys and, and their Thanksgiving games and we were talking about it during the break yeah. they've had some uh, some Thanksgiving games that we love we love to forget you know we talk about that one um, well that was November 7th that was, but, that was before yeah, yeah. I knew we, it was November yeah. um, if you talk about the Colt McCoy game yeah. talk about RG3's rookie season mm. and he turned them into a meme yeah right yeah. <laughs> so Phillip, that was a tough Philip Rivers and the Charger game here yeah, one time yeah. on Thanksgiving was pretty yeah, bad Buffalo it's been some cuff ones. it was tough. I think Josh Allen's first year in Buffalo, they was came it? in here on a Thanksgiving. I think they yeah. kind of yeah. so go out there, Cowboys, and handle business. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get back to it. We do have a fan question from Mikey. He says, "Can you guys talk about the interior defensive line and how they've played in your opinion so far?" Well, yeah, you know, 
I didn't feel like that it was Mozzie Smith's best game plan last week. I, I know Mozzie's made a lot of progress uh, when I watched him play. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm encouraged by Mozzie Smith. It's the same story. When Mozzie Smith's bad, he is late. I mean, I took a picture of him. Everybody's moving, and he's still in his stance. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, just remember this. That's why sometimes he will struggle. Hankins chase the ball. Mm-hmm. He, he gets there, and then all of a sudden, it's like his momentum carries him past. Ball goes behind. That's happened. When you watch teams run, it's usually self-inflicted. It's not something that Dallas is just physically getting beat. Now, there's a couple times they get turned, and but for the most part, they play, they've played really good run defense. They haven't given up a hundred yard rusher. There's something to that, you know. I think there's something to also their offense has done a good job of you know, the score imbalance. I've talked about that too, but if you look at overall, the the struggles that they might have is getting turned or getting moved or overrunning. And then maybe some size at linebacker, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, that's maybe with 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 Bell a little bit. You see guys get up on him a little bit. Clark is still trying to find his way, but they were asking about the tackles, right? Uh, 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 Osa has been really consistent all mm-hmm. year. I didn't think it was a particularly great game for him last week when it came to the run defense aspect. So it was just maybe one of those weeks where they just couldn't – they made too many mistakes as a group. But overall, I think you have to give them credit for the way they play because, again, they haven't given up a 100-yard rusher all year. I think the, the interior defensive line, um, they've had a, a couple of – bad days at the office uh, yeah. in the run de- in run defense but you know like Brian said and I 100% agree we've talked about it before uh, this is a much upgraded run defense for the Cowboys um, and you know could they have had a better outing against the Carolina Panthers against Chuba and Miles absolutely they yeah. could have um, as it comes to pass rush though I mean like Osa Osa was yeah. second only to Micah Parsons in Carolina and, and getting right. back there uh, when you look at Mozzie Smith he made some good strides last week um, against the Panthers I saw a little, some saw some struggles more than a handful. I, I just, but what was promising? Yeah. Um, I believe I have it charted here. Opening Panthers drive, second and three. Mozzie gets into the backfield, the backfield yeah. and, and forced that pressure and that dirt throw from Bryce Young. Right. So stuff like that, that flash and show you, okay, once he strings it together, he can get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, not the best outing against Carolina from a run defense standpoint. But when you put it to the macro and you look at the the fact that, like he said, they haven't allowed 100 yards. Part of that is because the Cowboys. Um, be it offense coming alive and or defense getting touchdowns that apply pressure via the scoreboard. So that helps in that capacity. But uh, for the most part, the interior defensive line has played very well, especially Jonathan Hankins. I mean, yeah. not not la- not last week um, we were sitting here praising Jonathan Hankins. So we, we can't take that away from him one week later. We can just say that they struggled in, in Carolina and yeah. hopefully they get I it think, back. I think Neville Gallimore has actually played, 100%. played pretty well for you too. 100%. I mean, you start to talk about there's times where – I kind of see him get off the ball and get in the backfield, and I kind of hope it's Mozzie. You know, I'm like, oh, is that? Oh, it's not. It's 96. It's yeah. yeah, it's not 96. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, you're kind of like, you're like, oh, is that 58? Oh, it's 96. It's okay, 96. but yeah, but uh, overall, I think Patrick's dead on about the assessment of where we're at. I'll tell you one other thing that that I noticed uh, when I was watching that last game. Um, there were a few times when basically the defensive end, you have a tight end outside yeah. the defensive end, mm-hmm. tight end blocks down. And it basically pinned the defensive end so they couldn't set the edge right. and the ball goes right around them. Right. And it, that was kind of interesting to me because usually one of two things happen. Either the tight end isn't good enough to actually force that, that guy to where that guy can't get around him 
or teams don't really do it to them as much. Uh, but that was kind of interesting to me. That happened. I saw it happen to Micah. I saw it happen to Dorrance Armstrong. Uh, Sam, it, it happens happened to, to Sam. Sam, yeah. Sam gets caught in between yeah. plays sometimes. Sam, Sam wants to read it the right way, and then he's like, and then he hesitates. I think that's what sometimes will kill this defense is when they hesitate. Yeah, and when they like, they're not really sure, and now the balls to them or past them or or they're blocked or it flows or, yeah. that happened with Sam one time yeah. it flows yeah. Sam was a little late so it created this gap because yeah. he wasn't flowing with everybody else yeah. on the defense man line. if you if you're getting your defensive lineman and they get turned yep. and you and you don't see jersey numbers you know you're in trouble in yeah. the running game when everybody gets turned because yep. that means those guys are up on the linebackers for yep. sure yep all right um I think that's a wrap for us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll get into the Washington defense versus the Cowboys offense. Listen to you this time. Yeah, we're on the same page on this one. Uh, Washington defense versus Cowboys offense. We'll also give you guys uh, what we think is going to happen on Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving Day, what will happen between the Cowboys and Commanders. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, I'm Derek Eagleson. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?